1: The Magic have a full roster. The Lakeland Magic are winning the G League title again. um, And the Orlando Magic play the Charlotte Hornets. We'll get to all that, plus an early look at Jalen Suggs on today's Locked On Magic.
0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day.
1: And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is October 27th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the magic signing of Michael Mulder to a two way contract. The early returns on Jalen Suggs through four games of the season. Very, very small sample size. Um, plus, we'll take a look at tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be at the Amway Center for that, so we'll have plenty to come from that game as well. Before we get to it, though, we do want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every single day. Or just part of your regular podcast rotation, whether you're listening to us, Uh, In the morning, I know I'm recording later. I've gone to morning recordings. So whether you're listening to us right when we come out, watching us live on YouTube, listening to us at lunch, or listening to us on the way to the Magic game tonight at the Amway Center, we truly do appreciate you making us a part of your day every day. Locked on Magic is free and available on all podcasting platforms, plus now streaming on YouTube as well. You can find us there on YouTube. Just search for Locked on Magic. So start today with the little bit of news that we got yesterday before we dive into Jalen Suggs' uh, Suggs's early uh, season so far. Um, the Orlando Magic on Tuesday signed Michael Mulder to a two-way contract. Their roster now completely full, 15, or 15 players on the roster plus two two-way players. The Lakeland Magic had their media day yesterday as well, and they will open up training camp pretty soon here too, although I suspect Ignacio Rosdakis and Michael Mulder will stay with the Magic um, for the time being, especially with some of the injuries that the team is facing, um, two-way players. You know, I don't get bent out of shape over them. I think this is more of a move for Lakeland. I think this is more of a move to help them uh, solidify their roster and, and yes, make another run at the title. Uh, the Lakeland Magic are a very talented group for a G League team with Michael Mulder, BJ Johnson, uh, John Teskey's a really solid G League center. Um, B, uh, I mentioned BJ Johnson, Admiral Schofield, I think is a really high level player for the G league. Um, Ignace Rosdegas will play there. Obviously Michael Mulder will play there now, obviously. And, 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 we know they have players who can play at that level. So, uh, I don't think this is a move solely for the G league, but certainly I think that this is a, a move that solidifies that Lakeland magic roster for the Orlando magic though. Michael Mulder, um, Michael Mulder obviously delivers something that the magic need. This team needs shooting. And in the more immediate sense, the Magic need a third ball handler. With Etuan Moore and Michael Carter-Williams out and Markel Foltz out, the Magic really only have two ball handlers on the floor. I'm not talking playmakers. I'm talking ball handlers, guys who can bring the ball up the floor, get the team into their offense. Uh, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony have had to split that, those ball handling duties. Um, and essentially, the Magic have to have at least one of them on the floor at all times. We'll talk more about Jalen Suggs and, and the areas where he is struggling, and the areas where he is finding some success here in the early season. In the minute, but he's obviously a rookie, and he's obviously making a ton of mistakes. Expected, we're cool with them. Just you know, continue to get better. Um, Mulder, though, is able to handle the ball. He's a six foot three guard. He's played two seasons with the Golden State Warriors in twenty. In twenty twenty, he played a much larger role with Stephen Curry and all the out and all the injuries the Warriors had. Last year, played a more of a reserve role, played only about 12 minutes per game, averaged about five points per game. But this guy can flat out shoot the ball. Um, that's that's the biggest takeaway. This is a guy who can hit shots really, really well. Um, he shot 39.6% from beyond the arc last year on 3.6 attempts per game. Again, very small sample size. But he made 56.3% of his pull-up three-pointers, according to data from Basketball Index. As well as 38.1% of his catch and shoot threes in the 2022 and the 2020 season, he made 50% of his pull up three pointers and 30.6% of his catch and shoot threes. Again, I will note even though he played, uh, I think it was like 29 minutes per game in 2020, uh, much more depleted roster. I think any team that's at the bottom of the standings, like the Warriors were that season, um, are going to struggle to shoot in some way. Molder though is a is an excellent three point shooter. And, and the Magic obviously desperately need that. The early stats on the Magic and their shooting are not pretty. 28th in the league right now in field goal percentage at 40.5%. 25th in the league in three-point field goal percentage at 31.4%. I am one that, that that kind of believes that the Magic's shooting right now is not as bad as the numbers indicate. I think the Magic do have some good shooters. Cole Anthony, I think, is a, a capable shooter, Um Terrence Ross, obviously, is a, is a shooter that everyone's concerned about. We saw that against the Knicks. Um, Jalen Suggs had a, just made four three-pointers in the game. I think Franz Wagner will continue to grow as a three-point shooter. He's still getting comfortable at the three-point line in the NBA. Um, you know, I think Jonathan Isaac will be a much better three-point shooter when he returns as well. Um, Markel Fultz. I think he I mean he's not a good three point shooter yet but um I think he is also someone that can stand to that will stand to continue to improve as well. The Magic don't have lineups right now that are really attracting a lot of three point attention and teams want the Magic to prove prove that they can hit those shots. Um and so yes, the Magic right now are are not making enough shots to get the defense's respect and, and that's really what it's all about. Um, you know I often tell people it's not the percentage it's the perception of your shooting that matters. Um Cole Anthony has to prove that he's a knockdown shooter that game Sunday against the Knicks will help. He needs to have another couple games like that to, to really get uh, teams to pay attention to him in that way. um, They need to hit those catch and shoot three pointers. When they get the ball rotated to them, they need to make those three pointers. Um, We're seeing a little bit more of that. So I think the magic's three point reputation will continue to improve. I think the magic are using the three pointer really, really well, but at the end of the day, they just need shooters. They need guys that teams are going to have to respect on the three point line and can make them pay for leaving them open. Uh, Again, we're talking here about a two-way guy um you know i, I don't think you should get ben out of shape uh, if michael is playing a lot of minutes that tells you something else has gone very wrong um in uh, with the magic and and on the team um i think that is that is a big part of the puzzle here too that is a big big thing here too um but right now looking at this roster the magic don't have enough ball handlers they don't have enough shooters and so you know, adding Michael Mulder, yes, it helps Lakeland tremendously. I think he's going to be a huge asset for that team. Um, but Michael Mulder also helps the Magic immediately in the short term by giving them that extra ball handler, that extra shooter that they need so they can maybe set the rotations a little bit better. Um, again, two-way guys. Ignace Prasdakis is supposed to be a shooter, but, you know, I think we could see see that Ignace Prasdakis has issues as well is, is a little inconsistent there too. Um, it, it's... It's it's a good sign. I want to make that very very clear. I think that you know again you could debate how the two way contract should be used. Um, should be used on a development guy that you want to bring to the roster. Should be used to you know shore up that Lakeland team or shore up that G League team. Provide something that your roster may need in an emergency, but uh, can still help that that team. Should it be used to you know give a guy a little bit of extra money to be part of your ecosystem, which is I think something that is part of what the Magic did here with Mulder. Um, is they, they you know, again, he gets a little bit more money than a G League player. A, a little bit is an understatement on that, actually, um, to play in the G League, to stay close. Um, I, I, I will agree with this. I do think the Magic need to use Lakeland a lot better. Lakeland should be a feeder system, should be kind of a graduating system. You should go from G League player to two-way player to roster player. And, and I don't think we see enough of that. If anything, I think we see... The Magic work things the opposite way, where they use their roster to shore up the Lakeland roster, and I don't know if that's the right strategy. I think a lot of teams are still developing their philosophies on how to use Lakeland. Um, uh, use Lakeland in a lot of ways. Um, the Magic have certainly used it as a rehab place, as a place to get guys some game experience and some practice experience uh, when it's otherwise not available on the main roster. Um, and so, I, I, I and I'm I'm all on board with that strategy too. Um, but I think everyone has their different ideas of how to use the G League and, and, and I think no one way is right quite yet. Um, with how young this team is, I would like to see a graduated system, but at the same time, the Magic are so young that they probably don't need to add another young guy that they need to play. With Michael Mulder, the Magic know what they're getting. They know they're getting a good shooter, a quality player, someone who could contribute a little bit to this team, um, as well as someone that, as well as someone that will um will be able to give the Magic a skill they need. So I really like the signing of Michael Mulder. Really good shooter. Really good addition to this to this team, uh, however, however much the Magic are able to play him. Um, right now, they need all the help they can get uh, in the shooting department. They need they need another guard right now just to put a Band-Aid on this thing for a little while. Um, so I do think the Magic did a good job signing Michael Mulder. We'll get into a little bit about what Jalen Suggs has looked like in the early part of the season. Some of the things that I've noticed about him uh, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Sweatblock. You know, for a few weeks now, we've been talking about Sweatblock. These are the wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And it seems people have been listening. Friends of Locked On who've tried Sweatblock love it. And this is what they tell us. A high school teacher told us that he'd pit out by the fourth period and he'd hear the snickers and whispers from his students. Nothing is worse than the teasing of students. I'm sorry. So he started bringing a second shirt to change in between classes. And then he heard about Sweat Block on our program. He tried it and is now hooked. No more Snickers, no more second shirt. I'm all for not doing laundry. How about this? Straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who is working on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of those. She was working 18 hours a day for weeks in the Atlanta heat. And she heard about Sweat Block and started trying it and now loves it. No more sweaty production days. She reports that one of the A-list actors uses it. Might be the green one. I don't know to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. SweatBlock helps you stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, gives you the dry shirt guarantee. If SweatBlock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. This is not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands, wherever sweat is. You can use it anywhere, and I mean (laughs) them anywhere, that sweats. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: We want to once again thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your daily routine. Whether we are your first listen every day. Whether you grab us right when we end, land in your inbox, whether you're watching us live on the YouTube YouTube stream or listening to us during lunch, on the way to the game, wherever, we thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your daily routine. We are free and available on all platforms if you want to join the club, um, and you can also find us as well streaming on YouTube. Obviously, uh, there are high hopes for, for Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, we all saw the videos. We all saw, we all felt the reaction when the magic made Jalen Suggs, the uh, fifth overall pick in the NBA draft back in July. Um, it, it felt like a mini miracle, um, because so many people were so high on Jalen Suggs. I mean, Sam Bassini, I think had Suggs as his number two player in the draft. Um, you know, Sam Bassini is a really good draft, draft analyst uh, for the athletic, um, Essentially, everyone believed that Suggs was pretty close to a can't-miss prospect. Um, and I, I honestly, the Magic, I think, put a lot of their star hope into Suggs um, and, and into what Suggs can eventually become. But obviously, he's a rookie too, and a rookie point guard at that. And rookies make mistakes. As many people pointed out, Donovan Mitchell struggled early in his career. John Morant struggled in the first few games of his career. LaMelo Ball last year struggled in the first few games of his career. It is not weird that Jalen Suggs has not looked the part of a superstar yet. Um, What is important is that we're seeing hints of the way that he can play. And obviously the Magic schedule has done no favors. The Magic situation has done no favors to him. Having to throw him in very, very quickly to be the lead guard, maybe perhaps before he is really ready to do it, has been a challenge. And obviously what the Magic want to see this year with the Magic – want to see happen with Jalen Suggs is they want to see him continue to get better, to continue to improve, to continue to kind of go along this course uh, and look eventually like the star they hope he can be. The numbers for Jalen Suggs aren't terrible. Um, you know, at least the raw numbers, 12 and a half points per game, three and a half assists per game, 3.3 rebounds per game, shooting 87 and half percent from the foul line on four free throw attempts per game. So he's getting to the line a decent amount. Like, you know, I think he can definitely still increase that. However, the field goal percentages are terrible. 34.6% effective field goal percentage, 28.8% from the field, including 13 field goal attempts per game. 31% or 30, uh, sorry, 30, 26.1% from deep on 5.8 three-point field goal attempts. Um, so nearly six threes a game, and he's making about a, a one and a half of them. And obviously, he's coming off a game where he scored 15 points, made four three-pointers, four for eight from beyond the arc, and I believe he was five for 12 from the field overall. Uh, these are not efficient numbers. These are really poor numbers, and this is sort of a good stats, bad team situation. It almost feels like. Um, but Jalen Suggs is doing good things, um, you know, and, and and I think that one of the big issues is that a the Magic are just so devoid of big time talent. Teams are putting him pretty high on their scouting report. Um, Jimmy Butler was guarding Jalen Suggs to start the last game. He's got three and a half turnovers per game this year. Um, They're speeding him up. And the biggest thing that I saw, at least through the first three games of the season, or through the first couple games of the season, is that Suggs is playing too fast. That everything still has to slow down for him. That he's not quite caught up to what the league is going to throw at him yet. And of course what you want to see is him continue to get better. And there were signs against Miami even that he was getting better and better and better. You know, some of the points that, that I want to make is a, his shooting, he's taking good shots. I think he's getting into the lane and getting good shots. And i obviously he has to make said shots. Let's, let's not get it twisted. You have to make the shots that you get. Um, but despite some of the struggles that he's had, he's getting open looks. He's, You know, I think still taking good shots. Should he pass a little bit more? Should he be a little bit more looking to play? Make sure 13 field goal attempts is a lot. And the Magic have given him and and a lot of other players a green light to shoot. And that's a big reason why the Magic, I think, are struggling a little bit. They have to continue to play with the pass and continue to look for opportunities to move the ball and get guys open. But through the first two games, at least, he was 18 of his 31 shots, 18 of his 31 three-point attempts um, early on in the season or 18 of 31 shots, excuse me, total, the closest defender was four or more feet away from him. So again, a lot of his shots are good shots. They're just not going in. Um, you know, he was he started the season one for 11 in the first two games uh, on three-pointers where the closest defender was more than four feet away from him, according to NBA.com's player tracking stats. And I can go update those stats um, here in a minute, but Suggs is getting good looks. The issue that Suggs is facing is a lot of the issues that other players on this team are facing. There's just so little creation uh, and so little outlets. And frankly, I think this team is still understanding its defense or its offense. Um, Suggs is dribbling too much. Um, Again, one one thing I think we've all noticed about Franz Wagner and how good he's been is if an attack isn't there, he's moving the ball quickly. He's not looking to hold the ball. And I think that's a big thing in this Magic offense in general is the Magic have to move the ball better. They have to be looking to pass. They have to be looking for outlets. They have to be looking for guys to get open. And I don't think we are seeing that effectively so far this season. Um, it's a big thing that I think the Magic have to continue to work on um, and have to continue to build up here um, in, in this early part of the season. Suggs is struggling in this sense. Um, just figuring out where to pick his spots. And, and, I, and I truly believe this. A big part of this season is going to be Suggs understanding when to go get his, when to go on a scoring binge, when to look for his shot, when to create his shot, and when to create for others, when to be a bit of a decoy. Um, Right now, he's neither, because defenses want to surround him, want to pressure him, and he's not making shots enough to make them pay for it, or making plays enough to make them pay for it. So he's got to, right now, he's got to pick a lane. Um, Right now, I don't care if his scoring numbers are high, if his assist numbers are high, if his turnovers are low. I don't care if his assist numbers are high, as long as his turnovers stay low. If he's taking shots, like be something, like pick a role, just be it for a little while, um, and then grow your game from there. But Suggs still does a lot of really good things. Um, you know, he's he's learning how fast those gaps close and how fast players are. But he is getting to his spots. He's getting good looks. Um, Suggs can get to the rim and finish well at the basket, um, despite a, a a lower athleticism than than maybe than maybe the elite finishers in this league. Um, He is doing good things. He's getting to places that you want him to get right now. It's just about making no shots. And to me, a lot of what we're seeing from Suggs is the game is just really fast for him. There's a lot of information to process uh, and his reads aren't simple. Um, So uh, if I were the magic, I would be looking to simplify his reads and simplify his role a little bit more. I'd be looking to put him in positions where, you know, he's making simple plays simplify everything for him, simplify his thought process, find ways to slow the game down for him. Um, And obviously I think experience will help him slow that, slow the game down as well. Um, But obviously there is still a lot to work on. There's still a lot that he can improve upon and a lot that Jalen Suggs has to get better at, but it's all there. All the puzzle pieces are there. It's about putting them together. And that's going to be one of the big challenges throughout the course of the season. And I think as players get healthy and some of the pressure gets relieved off of guys like Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony, especially their efficiency will improve as well. Um, right now, those two guys have to do a lot of things, have to do everything. Um, and I don't think they're necessarily not necessarily handling it properly, but I don't think they're necessarily ready for the kind of responsibility that defenses especially are putting on them. So big takeaway with Jalen Suggs over these, these early games is he's a rookie. He's making a lot of mistakes under pressure. The Magic need to find a way to simplify things and help him slow the game down. And I think that's going to be one of the bigger challenges. We'll talk about tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets, the 3-1 and Charlotte Hornets coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's literally something for everyone. Whether you want a fruity flavor like raspberry or a savory flavor like cookies and cream, you can find a built Bar flavor for you. This is the protein bar for the non-protein bar person, but also for the protein bar person. It tastes good. It tastes exactly like what it says on the box. It's relatively low calories, but has all the protein that you would expect from a protein bar. If you don't know what your flavor, favorite flavor is or you want to try them all, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine currently available flavors. Plus, you can always get... Uh, the special flavors that they have out. I think they have some Halloween flavors. Yes, there is a pumpkin spice or pumpkin-flavored Bilt Bar. It's fall. Get over it. Halloween is Sunday. I'm already seeing Christmas decorations up. Not cool, guys. But anyways, we'll enjoy fall while we can. Not only are built Bar flavors the best thing but they're relatively healthy, too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Bilt Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals in Tokyo were powered by Built Bar. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama.
1: New Orlando Magic back in action, back home at the Amway Center at long last. It's going to be a very, very road-heavy start to the season. Um, New Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets tonight at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. I'll be at the Amway Center for my first regular season home game. Very, very excited about that. Um, and what should be a, a, an interesting and challenging game for the Magic. Um, you know, I, I've I said this. I'm looking forward to this weekend's games, uh, Toronto, Detroit, and Minnesota, that road trip. Um, mainly because I think the Magic needs some easier opponents. This is another very difficult, very, very challenging opponent for the Magic and their defense, one that's going to present uh, an interesting matchup problem for Orlando. Whereas the first four games, the Magic played very kind of old-school lineups. You had Julius Randle at the four. You had um, with San Antonio, I think Keldon Johnson was playing the four. Um, you had P.J. Tucker at the four. This game, you're going to deal with, uh, with Miles Bridges at the four. Um, and I'm going to be very, very curious to see if the Magic's big lineup with Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter can handle a really athletic stretch four. Not stretch four, Miles Bridges isn't, isn't the greatest shooter in the world, but um, a really athletic four. Um, they had their issues with Julius Randle. Um, I think Wendell Carter did a very good job, and Julius Randle's obviously a higher level of player maybe than Miles Bridges is right now. But Miles Bridges is playing some very good basketball right now, and that's, I think, a big reason why the Hornets are playing so well. The Hornets obviously are 3-1 and one on the season. And they've gone off to a really good, um, a 114.1 offensive writing. This is a team that's going to score and score a ton. The mellow ball is playing at the second best offense in the league at the moment. Um, the mellow ball is playing at a very, very high level. Um, he is able to get, a, get the team out and transition. They've got shooters. They've got Gordon Hayward, who's always been a thorn in the magic side. Um, Terry Rozier was out the last game. They're still able to put up a ton of points. Obviously they went into a double overtime with the Celtics in that game. So that helped. Gusto scoring numbers a little bit. Um, But this is a team that, you know, yes, their defense might be a little bit shaky at times on their young team, but they've got a lot of offensive talent, a lot of offensive explosion. And and I think they really feel like they, they know themselves a lot better after their surprise season last year. LaMelo Ball certainly looks like he has taken a bit of a sophomore bump this year as well. Um, For the magic, the key has got to be focused. uh, I, I hate saying this, but for them, the focus is still very much on themselves They got to move the ball effectively. They got to look to play together. They got to look to work together if they're going to win. How they beat the New York Knicks, they didn't turn the ball over. Number one, that was a big issue against Miami. They didn't turn, it's been a big issue all year. They didn't turn the ball over. They moved the ball. They got good shots. They made their shots. I know, big, big secret there making shots helps win games, but they're able to kind of work together uh, and really stay with it. Um, But still, even in that game, the Knicks were up 13 in the second quarter it felt like that game was about to fall over a cliff too. Um, so Orlando really has had their issues in every single game. They've had kind of moments where they could, they were in real trouble. They, they Right now, the biggest issue with the Magic is they will go – there, there's at least one six-minute stretch in every game that they've played so far, including the game against the Knicks, where their offense just gives them nothing and it hurts their defense completely. Um, I think the Magic's half-court defense has largely been pretty good. Um, but the problem is they don't score enough to get their defense set. Um, even if they were like a neutral offense, uh, they don't even have to be, I'm not even talking about like top half of the league. I'm just saying like just a, a functioning offense. Um, they would be able to get their defense set. Um, the live ball turnovers have to stop. They cannot put themselves in a hole. If they turn the ball over the way they did against Miami and Miami was a very fast paced team, Miami wanted to get up and down the floor. Um, yeah, they were pushing the ball ahead, even off of makes, um, if the magic, If the Magic turn the ball over like they did against Miami, they're going to get run out of the gym, plain and simple. Charlotte is going to run them out of the gym. This is a team that wants to run, has the athletes to run, has players who will really push the tempo um, and really beat you if your defense isn't ready, isn't prepared. So hopefully that Miami game served as a little bit of a wake-up call on that front. But even there, Orlando played some grimy defense. I really liked how Orlando played defense for long stretches in that game. Really, it's a reason why they were able to make it and keep it close because their defense really played well, so Orlando, I think, is still getting the finer points of the defense down. It's not going to really hit its optimal, you know, until Jonathan Isaac comes back, obviously. But it's not going to hit their optimal until their offense plays a lot better. Um, Charlotte will be. Char- I, I I feel pretty safe in saying this. Charlotte's probably the worst defense that the Magic have faced to this point in the season. That doesn't mean they're a bad defensive team. There, they're in the bottom half of the league right now, defensive rating. Um, but. This should be a little bit of a breath for Orlando. Charlotte isn't going to be super high pressure. They might be gunning for turnovers, but there might be better opportunities to score in this game than there have been in the previous four. Um, you know, again, Lamelo Ball presents some size. That's going to be a challenge for both Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony to break him down off the dribble. They got to find a way to get in the paint. They got to find a way to kick out. They got to find a way to get the ball moving. They have some good bigs. Mason Plumlee is a really good center. I feel like for Charlotte, I thought that was a really good signing for them, and obviously it's worked out really, really well to this point. Gonna be an interesting game. Charlotte's a young team. They could be due for a bad game here after they played so well to start the season, maybe overlooking a magic team. But Orlando's got to take care of themselves. They got to do the things they have to do to win. That's defending well, rebounding well, moving the ball well, limiting their turnovers. And if they do that, they will have a chance to win tonight. Tip off is at seven o'clock. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Sorry for getting out a little bit late. Had some things I got to take care of this morning, but um, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast uh, at, on I, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, you Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. We're also now streaming on YouTube, so you can find us on our YouTube channel. Just search for Locked On Magic. You want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your daily podcast routine. Tomorrow, we'll have a complete recap of tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets, as well as. Uh, as well as the breakdown of that one and a look ahead maybe to Friday's game against the Toronto Raptors. Now, go make your second listen of the day locked on fantasy basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. So whether you need season advice or daily fantasy advice, Josh Lloyd has you covered. It's free and available on all platforms. Download it today. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Glass from Larkin. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.